The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith for the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Oh, oh, what a tackle! Evans up the middle to the 5, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan! Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. It might be Cyber Monday, Tom, but boy, do we have a deal for you on this episode of the Eastern Insider. Buy your Christmas presents right now, or maybe you'll just find some free dessert in Canada. Oh, look, the Canadians just seem to love to give away food to a weary American traveler. Oh, we have we have to talk about this this last week for the aspect of we play in Buffalo last week for football. Yeah. We we decide to to smartly use our passports or enhanced driver's license to cut through Ontario rather than going all the way around the lake. And we we cross the bridge there in Windsor. We make it all of maybe a kilometer from from America. Look at you using Canadian terms as soon as we cross the border. And yeah, we were about a kilometer in. A kilometer in, and we stop at A&W. Fantastic root beer, frosty mugs we love, but boy, can you work your magic. Well, here's the thing. I like to try and get something for free everywhere I eat, as you know. Sometimes I want it, sometimes I don't. But I did push-ups at NIU at a white chocolate grill, and I got a free dessert. So we're at A&W, and we, we had finished eating, but they have little apple pies, which the crust of is kind of like a churro almost. It's cinnamon. It, it's, it looks delicious. I wanted an apple pie, but I didn't necessarily want to pay for an apple pie, and I could have done without it. I, I didn't need the extra calories. So I walked up to our friend at the counter, whose name was Jeet. Yes. J-E-E-T. I remember that, her name badge. And I said, I've traveled all the way from the United States. And I was, as <laughs> he looks at the map, yes, we're I one kilometer. We've been in, yeah, we're 90 seconds into Canada. And I said, could, could a weary American traveler perhaps get a free apple pie? And the best part of it was she put her hand on her chin and she glanced over her shoulder back at an, a, a single piece of pie sitting on the counter. And then she goes, Yes, I can do that. And then she went over and got the pie, and I got free apple pie. Just by being a weary traveler from the U.S., 90 seconds into Canada. I loved it. And then as we're on our return trip back, uh, you also convinced a fine lad at a travel plaza that you'd never had a French toast stick before. I'd never had Burger King's French toast sticks. And I told them, yeah, I got the breakfast sandwich, and I thought that's probably healthier, quote unquote, than French toast sticks. Then I thought to myself, wait, some French toast sticks would be nice, though. But again, I really don't want to pay for it. But if they want to give it to me and that's it's good customer service. If I went back to a Burger King, would I get some French toast sticks? Probably. Meanwhile, I'm out by the gas pumps trying to figure out how many liters go in my car, because as an American, I just pump gallons. I don't have a conversion to metrics on on me at all times. I don't know how many liters is in a Toyota Highlander. Do you know? Because I don't. I don't know how many liters are in a gallon, Greg. How would I know how many go in a Toyota Highlander? 
It was a great skit a few weeks ago on SNL, the whole George Washington deal where he was like, we're going to have miles and kilometers and they add up. And of course, you know, 5,280 is is equal to how many feet? It's a mile. Yeah. 5,000. Everybody will be able to remember it. It's Nate Bargetsy, the comedian. He's hilarious. Yeah, he would keep killed it on Saturday Night Live. And I still don't know how many liters are in a gallon. You just like, we didn't even math wise, we don't, it cost you $4,000 to fill up your car in Canada. But here it's like 80 bucks. Like I, yeah. I couldn't do any of the conversions and thank goodness for credit cards and for the free food. And even the folks in Buffalo were nice. I got free French fries at a wing place. You did. And more importantly, Eastern Michigan clinches bowl eligibility on a night in Buffalo where they pile up a ton of offense in the first half, second half. Uh, I know some people, mainly our analyst, was very worried about the status of the game. But Eastern was never really threatened in that second half. 24-11 is as close as it ever got. It was 24-0 at the half. The offense kind of went back to their old ways a little bit. They had trouble moving the ball in the second half. But you had 298 yards of offense in the first half. You scored 24 points. Not that Buffalo was looking for a way to phone that one in at the end, but they they had lost their fight late in that game, and they were kind of going through the motions. And Eastern Michigan was was able to get the win. It was a huge win. And now they're going bowling, which is fantastic. We, uh, as we talk right now on this Monday afternoon, we do not know where we're going. A lot of people just assume that I automatically know, and it's a big secret that I keep until Sunday when the bowls roll out. I don't know. Scott Weatherby doesn't know. Chris Creighton doesn't know. We could be at any of these fine slots I, I have some bowls that I know it won't be because my process of elimination, we're not going back to Boise most likely because we're right. last year. The the runner up to the MAC championship game usually goes to Arizona. So we're not going there. Uh, beyond that, I think if you took a, a dart and threw it at the wall of names of bowls, you might be able to pick that way because that's about the only way you're going to figure it out. Brett McMurphy, who we both follow on Twitter, I think, likes yep. to take his best guess at it. One thing I think he probably did get right is the only 5-17 and 17 that's in a bowl game is Minnesota. I do think they're headed to Detroit. And because of that, you will not, they try never to rematch you again, which would lead me to believe we're not going to Detroit. And I agree with you. I, I think they'll pair another MAC team against Minnesota, and I think it'll be a good game. I think that'll be a good matchup in that bowl. Of course, he is guessing we go to the 68 Ventures Bowl in Mobile, Alabama to play South Alabama. Which is a great matchup, great venue uh, against the Sun Belt team that already took out uh, Central Michigan earlier this year. So it's entirely possible. Good weather, not far from the beach. I, I, I'd take it. Good barbecue. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's not Detroit, you're almost guaranteed it's going to be warmer. Well, and the other thing is, uh, I would almost, it, you would assume it's most likely going to be a Sunbelt team. There are 12 Sunbelt teams going. So uh, there's a good chance they're going to, if you're in a bowl, you're going to play a Sunbelt team. They're a beast. I mean, of, of 82 slots, 12 went to the Sunbelt. That's unbelievable. They're loaded. They're loaded uh, at the top. You don't want to play James Madison, but uh, Marshall sneaks in at six and six. Texas State, a team that you you could play already in upcoming challenges for next year, a team that you've played. Maybe it's an old Dominion, a team that you've faced in a bowl already before. So something like that. 
a Coastal Carolina where you beat in 2019 but haven't played since, any of those could be a distinct possibility. I think if I had to take my two best guesses, I think it's Old Dominion or Marshall. I think are the better matchups. So I think you, you get what we played the game in the car on the way home from Buffalo yep. too. Like here's bowl eligible teams. Who do we want? Well, and even if you look at the, there's always been talk that Charlotte is a good possibility. The the thing you were averaging there is it's against this Conference USA's club. Well, only so many Conference USA clubs got in. So are they going to have to shift around because of that? That's one of the other questions that's yet to be determined. But how would you love to be the guy in Charlotte? That That's what he does. He figures out, oh, this pairing's good. We can put them on here because all that matters is what's good on television. That's a, that's a great job. It's almost like playing fantasy football. You just you get, get all these magical pairings, then you get to watch it play out and see if you did a good job, and you can tell by the final score whether it was good or not. We have two. We have interviews on three of them from uh, reaction after last Tuesday's contest. Of course, Chris Creighton. We catch up with him outside the locker room. Chase Klein, a big game once again. He's kicking himself though a little bit because he should have had a pick. He's not happy. And then we get Stephen Bird, one of our favorites. We catch up with him. He tells us what he's thankful for. I told him I would not air this interview until after he'd returned because he was surprising his parents and flying out to see them. Plus, his brother happens to also catch bowl eligibility because Cal's going bowling. Yeah, his brother's the long snapper at Cal. He's a freshman, and uh, their family all lives in the Phoenix area. So it was good for him to go. Of the 18 seniors on this team, he's the one that stands out to me most that I'm really happy that he's getting a bowl opportunity because he was so emotional before the Akron game. Like, he had tears in his eyes as they were getting ready to warm up. I'm like... You got to pull it together here for 60 minutes. We still got some football to play, but the fact that this team finished out as strong as they did after back-to-back butt whoopings is unbelievable because after the Toledo game, this team could have easily folded up camp and just said, you know, some of these seniors could have said, I'm going to worry about moving on to the next level or whatever. They didn't do that. They held together. They got two critical wins. And now they'll be rewarded with a bowl game on Sunday. They'll be rewarded. It also, of course, starts the discussion of uh, now the portal will open coming up on the 4th, as well as coaching transitions. So we'll see how all that shakes out over the next month to get us ready for bowl season. There will be a bowl announcement coming up on Sunday, mid-afternoon. Check EMUEagles.com. We'll have instant reaction on there, as well as getting you all the ticket information coming up over this weekend as well, as football has their annual banquet at the Marriott on Sunday. Speaking of, uh, you talked about playing fantasy football. If you talked about drafting a team of unheralded people, maybe this men's basketball team wouldn't have been one you put together as the flashiest, but Tom, they're playing well as a group. They got their fifth win of the season last year on January 28th. Now, they just lost to North Dakota by two points in a really tight game against a 4-1 and one North Dakota team at the time. So now they're 5-1. and one. But you're 4-3 and three at this point. You're going to play Lake Superior State in your next game. You're going to pick up your fifth win. You're going to get your fifth win on December 1st. I think you had a great player last year in Imani Bates. You didn't have a great team. Not everybody was fitting into roles. I don't think they played as a unit. This year, they've rectified that. This is a really good team. Now, Tyson Acuff, I don't know if he can dump 30 points a night every time, uh, but so far, he's certainly trying to do that. 
But this is a great squad all the way through. And Stan, he should be very happy with how these guys have played so far. And, you know, the non-conference record, it doesn't matter. What if they lost every game? That would be terrible. But it's all about getting ready for the MAC. And Stan Heath wanted a balanced schedule, one that kind of hits you in the mouth in certain terms, but other ones where you're playing more matched up opponents where you can fight and get those W's. And I think so far he's got to be happy with the way it's working out. This is a good team. This is a team that feels, to me, will make it to Cleveland. I don't think it's that hard to get to Cleveland. Just don't be the worst four teams in the MAC. Yep. Last year, they only had eight wins on the season, and they were still in it till the last day. And everything else they needed happened except for them getting a win in the final game. So I think there's a lot to be excited about with this team. I'd have loved if they had won yesterday because then they'd be five and two. That just feels bigger than four and three, five and two. Um, but they're they're fun to watch. They got some tough games coming up. They still got to play the Wolverines coming up here in two weeks. But it's I like them. Yeah, you're going to see them play a Division II team in Lake Superior State coming up on Friday before the ever-wonderful return of Greg Campy here because everybody's loved Campy in his fourth decade of coaching Oakland. So back-to-back Friday night games, a very odd, feels like high school basketball on a Friday night, but get you off that Saturday game because, you know, everybody loves their Saturdays free. You know, a little free Saturday. Army-Navy is going to be playing that day. That's always a fun one to watch. We do, well, we have MAC football championship coming up this weekend, Toledo and Miami. This weekend, we have all the championship games, which will be great. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Toledo a little bit. I don't think they're going to get a New Year's Six, but they've played, they've played great football. I think they're representing the MAC well and Daquan Finn. Who knows? This might be his last game at Toledo. Maybe he's going to hit the transfer portal. I don't know. Maybe they want him up in East Lansing or one of those schools. So new coach, new no change. Yeah, new coach coming over. Yeah, I've always wondered. So you get a coach from Oregon State who played at Oregon State. That's his alma mater. He was coaching at his school. And then he's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Michigan State. It reminds me of Rich Rod when he left West Virginia to go to Michigan. That didn't work out very well. Like, at what point do you have like a great thing? And you're like, I'm not going to tamper with this. Now, maybe he doesn't want to coach in the pack two. Maybe there's too much uncertainty there. Probably hard to recruit when there's only two teams in the conference. But it'll be interesting to see how he does up in East Lansing. You got a pretty good chance, though, of winning your conference championship when you only if you win, you're in. Are you better than Washington State? That's That's where you are. But I think they'll I think they just marry into the Mountain West at some point. They keep the brand name and elevate some schools there. And I saw that Delaware is going to pay the five million dollars to make the FBS jump to join Conference USA. Used to be a $5,000 cost. Now it's $5 million. So can we get Delaware versus Michigan to really confuse people on the football field with helmets? Did you know Delaware wears that helmet because of Michigan? It was a Michigan grad and former football player that went to Delaware to coach that put them in the winged helmet. So they have the winged helmet because of Michigan. But it makes no sense. It has no tie-in with their mascot. Yeah, no, none, none whatsoever. Does, I mean, does a wing helmet have any tie-in with a Wolverine? Well, I guess not. But Yeah, maybe. it's just Spalding had that style of helmet in the leathers. A lot of team wore leather helmets with the winged helmet. There were three teams in the Big Ten that had winged helmets before Michigan did. Ohio State was one of them that had that winged look in the leather. Michigan State and Indiana also had it. It was a very... 
common look, if you will, because that's what Spalding was putting out in a helmet. So a lot of teams just painted them up. And so they had the winged helmet. Another reason you should follow Tom on TikTok, because right there is your daily dose of why he's <laughs> the man at that. And then we uh, wrap up the, today's show with a visit from our good friend, Sarah Van Meter, as you had a chance to catch up with her. Women's basketball is on this endless road trip that will see them go from Ann Arbor to Fargo, North Dakota to Grand Forks, North Dakota, then St. Charles, Missouri, Evansville, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, before finally another game at home, December 29th against Saginaw Valley. Oh boy, book those Marriott points because you're going to be on the road. Not you, but them. It's not only a, a t- it's not only that you're playing six on the road. You're playing tough opponents too. It's like like the teams in North Dakota are good, and you just got thumped by Michigan. So they got some work to do. I don't know how good they're going to feel when they come off this six game road trip. So it's going to be a little bit of a stretch out there. But Sarah Van Meter played. For Eastern Michigan, she was on the 04 Eastern Michigan team that beat the Wolverines at the Chrysler Center in 12 games now. Michigan has won 11 of the 12 matchups in Ann Arbor. That one win was Sarah Van Meter's team. Susie Merchant was the head coach. Um, uh, I'm blanking on her name. She just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Ryan Coleman was on that team as well. Yeah, and she may say, I don't can't remember if she said it in the interview or later on, but she's like, we didn't sub like the last half of the second half. Like we just dropped the hammer. They won that game 69 to 60. But the, the nice thing is, is that you and your predecessor, Jim Streeter, have done a great job of cultivating talent at the SID level. You guys have that board in your office with all the names of people that got their start under you guys, then have moved on to other universities. Van Meter is one of those people, and she's doing a tremendous job as she oversees women's basketball and tennis at the University of Michigan. And you'll hear in the interview, she couldn't have more praise for you and Jim Streeter or her time at Eastern Michigan or how much she learned there that really catapulted her in her career and got her to Ann Arbor to be with the Wolverines. So she's got a lot of love for Eastern Michigan. She She still bleeds green and white. Um, but she's doing a heck of a job over at the Chrysler Center well, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, and she's doing a heck of a job, but people also forget how good of a basketball player she was. I mean, she was the first ever and still the only player in Eastern Michigan history to win six man of the year. Uh, I mean, she's has held the the double double record for ever before it was finally broken last year. Remember the thousand points, 500 rebound club. Uh, she's a, a surefire Hall of Famer at some point. It's just when can she get in? Because there's so many great people in that era, too. And she's also the only academic All-American in women's basketball history at Eastern Michigan. That was a hard one because uh, I think uh, Candace Parker, I think she was pretty good, right? She she played. She was decent. Yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah. So uh, a great story. What does it take? What does it educate me really quickly on the cliff notes? What does it take to be an academic All-American? Obviously, it's not just grades. No, it's not grades. Uh, it, it helps. Uh, I mean, Sarah was a 4.0 student, so that that helped. But then your your academic accomplishments. So you're nominated. You're put into an, a ballot for your region. From your region is then voted upon by your peers. From there, you go up to the uh, the national ballot, which the entire country of SIDs can then vote for. And she was, then you're broken down, think, into three teams. And she was uh, a first-team vote-getter. 
That's yeah. And that tells me too how good a person she is. I know she's a good person. I saw her at a Euchre tournament at the VFW Hall last winter and we chatted there. Um, but the SIDs, you know, there's a lot of fight on the SID side to promote your person. So I know you only do that for people you love. And obviously Sarah Van Meter checks off those boxes. She checks those boxes. She's good people. And we know that uh, she really tries hard for her student athletes and she did a wonderful job when she was here too. So uh, appreciate you getting to her and I haven't heard the interview yet. So I'll be tuning in to hear it along with our. Oh, it's a huge Greg Steiner love fest and Greg and streets and they, they're the best and they got, they're wonderful. I, I just let it play out, you know? (laughs) <laughs> to make sure she knows the uh, checks in the mail for all those kinds of <laughs> you guys are fantastic she knows it i know it but uh it's nice that she recognizes that that like yep you guys the hard work and you you teach people you guys mentor people you don't just plug them into a spot hope they survive and then they either quit or move on you guys mentor them because you want them to be the best of the best, no matter where they go. Well, and I think that's, that says something for the track record. We've had the previous co-host of this show, who's now uh, doing tremendous things at Wyoming. I mean, Alex Jewell goes from equipment room to assistant director to director, and now he's at Wyoming. I mean, I could not think of a better person before that. You look at Katie Gonzalez, sir. And the list goes on and on of all the people who've done such tremendous things. But again, it's giving them the tools to succeed and letting them figure it out because that's ultimately how I got here. I mean, as well is somebody gives you the tools and you still got to figure out on your own. One of the great things too, is, you know, the SIDs help me and the people I do succeed in what we do. Cause they have, if you get the best information, the best stories, all that stuff, it improves the broadcast. Game notes were at my spot at the Chrysler Center. I got a chocolate chip cookie, oh. and they had some box lunches. Chocolate chip cookie, Greg, free. I didn't even have to ask. So you're saying I got something to live up to come this week? <laughs> I think there was there was uh, three older women at the table with the credentials, and they had a big box of prepackaged chocolate chip cookies. But no, 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 of, I, I'll have I'll have cookies. I'll have cookies. one of them leans in and she goes, "I'm an EMU alum. Take a free cookie." <laughs> and I go. All right, you talked me into it. I'm taking a free cookie. Uh, as our time runs thin on the show, before we get the interviews, I have to ask, it's Cyber Monday. We know you're a man of the people. We know you're a guy for a good deal. What's your go-to today on on what thing do you buy today? What do I buy? I'm, I'm a whore. I hate shopping. Um, but I would probably, uh, it's probably going to be something Lululemon, pants or a shirt. Their shirts are stretchy too. They're very comfortable. Do you have any Lululemon stuff? Never in my life have I owned a Lululemon. I'm telling you, Greg, if you had some ABC pants, it would change your world. <laughs> it would change your world. They're very stretchy. They're like wearing sweatpants. The, the button down shirts I have, they're like, they're stretchy. Actually, that's Tommy Bahama, but they're stretchy material now. If you're not dressing like you're going to a track meet, but in nicer clothes, then you're dressing wrong. That's why the ABC pants are so great. You could work a basketball game and then maybe run five kilometers now that you're Canadian. Um, and it, you could do it all in the same pants because they're very stretchy. That's I'm, I'm gonna. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Kathy a message. Greg needs some ABC pants for Christmas. I do need some pants. So that's all. There you go. I know Kathy's listening. <laughs> she is. She is. 
<laughs> All Where's right. Fred, for those of you who can't see him at home. I'm blushing. Either it's the heat in this office because it's a little, little warm. I know. You still want to keep this podcast to about 30 minutes, and then you and I go for about that long. And then yeah, we I can say, we're, 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 we, we've got the intro to the show before. Yeah. The show. Move over, Joe Rogan. Three hours coming your way. I can say, who needs Sean Hannity and all those guys that can just talk endlessly when you got Tom and I here on a Monday? <laughs> all right, we'll continue our visit next week. It'll be checking off whose prediction was right on the Bulls, Eastern Michigan men's basketball trying to pick up wins. And the other fine thing will be maybe there's some big announcements next week because there's some dollar gifts because tomorrow's also giving Tuesday. Oh yeah. So for your philanthropic donations, a good possibility coming up next week on the Eastern insiders, we break some news. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle, whether it's in person or in your pajamas online or over the phone. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Foling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Foling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Coach, you're able to knock off the Bulls in rainy conditions and punch your ticket back to the postseason. What was it like in that locker room tonight? That was a fun locker room, you know. It's, it was a real fun locker room. Um, you know, we went through a stretch there in the middle of the season that uh, was hard um, and really challenged our whole program, you know, going into senior night that whole week to figure out who we are and how we're going to respond. And uh, it was an awesome, awesome night. And then, you know, who you are isn't just one week. It's got to be consistent. And so we prepared well for this and knew that our backs were against the wall and playing a tough team. Apparently, we only had a 35% chance to win. And, uh, you know, um, our guys, we're going to will this to happen on top of stopping the run, trying to shut down third down because we've, you know, given up some third downs the last couple weeks and wanted to take the ball away. And I mean, defensively, gosh, it was just a great effort in those areas. And then we wanted to run the ball offensively, which we did, um, and then get our short passing game going. And I know, you know, Austin was 16 to 20 at half. So we just really, you know, executed on top of the fact that, you know, analytics can't measure your will to win. And uh, so I thought, you know, things got a little ugly in the second half, um, but uh, for the most part, you know, it was uh, 
pretty good job. Let's start on the offensive side of the football. In the first half, 298 yards, season best in that first uh, 30 minutes of football. What were you able to do so effectively, especially with tempo in that first half? Yeah, I mean, when we um, have success on first down or first or second down, um, get ourselves into manageable second downs, third downs, you know, that that's when we're at our best. And uh, we were able to get some rhythm and get first downs and then get some of our tempo going. And again, I think uh, Coach Pike did a good job of um, running the football and then again, keeping them honest with, with the passing game. Three turnovers in the first half. You also able on uh, on fourth downs, one of six, turning the ball over, getting it away from the Bulls. Uh, third downs, especially also three for 12. What was the defense able to message this week, especially, I know, after last week's effort against Akron, you wanted to, to do some things differently on third downs? Yeah, so again, that was the the number two deal was to win third down. And so our defensive staff put a lot of time into, you know, coming up with a plan and the guys executed it. I mean, it did an awesome job. Like I was taking the ball away three in the first half. And that was also with the special teams units and then uh, winning on third down and then stopping the run. So it just really feels that we executed executed the game plan. Solomon Bell gets a fumble recovery. Cole McIlvaney, a fumble force. Ryan Kingston, a fumble recovery. You got some guys in the mix today on special teams that don't usually hear their name called, but big moments for them. Oh, yeah. No, it's just, I mean, people get so excited. Solomon Bell was the, uh, um, I think he was the scout team uh, player of the week this last week and just goes so hard, gives a great look, and he's worked worked his way into a special teams role, and then he took full advantage of it. And then Cole McIlvaney has also a, uh, been working on the defensive scout, gives a great look, and got his opportunity on special teams and came up big. When you look at it, Samson Evans, 127 yards, rushing a touchdown again. Last time he went over the century mark was the season finale a year ago against Central Michigan. First time you've had a 100-yard rusher. He was churning it hard. Jalen Jackson again. What does it say about the offensive line to get the push once more? Yeah, it, it's always a group effort. And, uh, you know, we we just knew. I mean, we, we expected worse weather than we got, right? I mean, it was supposed to be 30-mile-an-hour winds. And well, we got rain, of yep. course. And it wasn't as cold is, is uh, you know, they had forecasted. And so we knew we were going to have to run the ball. We got to run the ball no matter what. And uh, um, I get, think our guys took pride in it. And I think, uh, you know, there's stuff that we got to clean up for sure, but they did a good job. So now you've been able to extend your season, more practices. Another opportunity awaits this Eastern Michigan team. You get a little rest a, and then the bowl appearance will wait till the third when you have your banquet. What do you and the team do now in these really kind of next 10-day stretch? Well, uh, try to sleep on the bus, <laughs> um, but then uh, it is a gift. It is a blessing to be done right now and not be playing on Friday, you know, and um, it's been a long time since we've had that. Uh, so the guys are off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then we'll be back for school and a team meeting on Monday afternoon. And, um, you know, we'll have some time to uh, just be with our team and we'll practice, um, you know, once or twice next week. And then we also got to get ready to go recruiting. I'll get you out of here on this. Some people in the national media say there are too many bowls. There may not be enough eligible. But when it comes to bowls, this this team, it really means something, too. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. The NCAA tournament, you know, there's what, 68 teams that, that get in, yep. right? And um, it's a big deal for 68 and 67 and, you know, because you got a chance. And, um, you know, in college football, I mean, just my entire life, you know, it's just uh, the rivalry games on Thanksgiving and then the bowl games on, on January 1st, right? And just all the different yep. matchups. And, you know, it was a thrill, uh, you know, winning that that bowl game last year was um, a huge moment in memory for everybody involved. And, you know, going to three in a row is something that these guys have talked about. And, you know, we want to go to try to win, you know, back-to-back bowl games, which, you know, hasn't happened. And so it's a big deal to us. Coach, congratulations. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Eagles. Here with Chase Klein. Bowl bound. What does that feel like? I mean, this is just Eastern Michigan football. Our backs were against the wall the past two weeks. Coach Creighton said it. You know what I mean? We love being in that corner. We love the uh, adversity that gave us a 35% chance to win. And I think we definitely proved them wrong with that one. You were able to stop them a fair amount. A lot of turnovers today in the first half. Buffalo, uh, just two of five, or excuse me, one of six on fourth downs. They're three of 12 on third downs. What was the defense able to do on those particular downs? You know, we heard all week about how Buffalo is the best at getting turnovers in the MAC. And uh, we took that personal. We wanted to make some turnovers, and that definitely fueled us. We redid our third down package, and uh, guys just gave utmost effort. It was one of our stop. uh, We had to stop the run. We had to win third downs and take the ball away. That was our goals to win, and that's what we did. So uh, very proud of my team, very proud of the guys for doing that. You look at it, holding Buffalo to just 11 points. uh, For them, only 18 first downs in the game, 337 yards. Overall, what does it say about this team down the stretch defensively to respond? That's what you just said. We respond. You know what I mean? Things haven't gone our way this year the way that we wanted, the way that we had dreamed and envisioned it, but we responded. We didn't quit. We didn't let up, and that's just what it's all about. Another strong game for you. Eight tackles, what they have so far. We know we'll review that, but you look at it. What were you able to do so well today? Communicate, communicate with my guys. If you're watching that, if you're watching that film, you're seeing me change the front multiple times, change the coverages, and I think uh, I got to respect my guys for listening to me because I was out there like a quarterback audible. And you got any tips for Ryan Kingston on his ability to now get some fumble recoveries? Just don't roll over that ball. So proud of that boy for his first ever fumble recovery. All right, so now you get a chance to get some Thanksgiving. What are you most looking forward to? A little trip home, some home cooking before you you get back at it and get bowl prep going. Uh, I just can't wait to be with my family. My dad's going to get surgery uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to be with my family, and uh, I'm giving thanks to them. Stephen Bird, going bowling once again. What does it feel like? Um, You know, we talk about the standard all the time, and I think the standard should be making it to bowl games every year. And, I mean, this was a a grinder. Um, We didn't have to make it that way, but sometimes you got to show some fight. Uh, And I think that setting the standard here, making sure that we're going to bowl games every single year, that's definitely turning this program around for the better. How difficult was it tonight in the rain to make sure your snaps were on? Because wet ball, tough conditions. So, ironically enough, Kersner and uh, McKinnis were on me all week and they're like, it's going to be wet ball. And I said, okay, bring it. But like what we did all week is we made sure we took two water bottles and a, and a ball that we were going to murder pretty much. And we drenched it every single day. So today it was nothing. I wouldn't even call it a wet ball day. Really? Two because special, of all the practice. Two special teams turnovers today. What does it say when your punter slash kickoff specialist <laughs> is able to get a fumble recovery? Hey, man, we just uh, – that's a new trick. We're going to call it the boomerang kick um, where you kick it and you go get it. But 
it just shows that we really care about this stuff and we're going to give everything that we got. And I believe in our team and our guys to do that every single play. You were emotional last week for senior day at home. When it came to today, was there any doubt in your mind going into it that this wasn't going to be the final time you took the field in an Eastern Michigan uniform? Uh, there was some emotion beforehand. I went and I prayed and I said, Lord, may the chips fall where they may, but help us win this damn game. And I believe in this team. And uh, again, I had no doubts, but again, it's always scary. I mean, you're going out there playing and I think that we really wanted it. And if you really want it, you can do anything. So now you get an opportunity, a few days off, relax for Thanksgiving. What are you most thankful for? What am I most thankful yeah. for? Well, don't put this out there yet, but I'm going back to surprise my parent, my mom um, for Thanksgiving. Uh, and I might even be able to go to the Cal game. So I'm thankful for... Go see your brother. Oh, yeah. I'm so, I'm I'm so thankful for this damn team because if that wasn't happening, I was just going to stay here. So I'm so thankful for this damn team, man. That's awesome. Happy Thanksgiving to you. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Oh, dude, the food. What type of question yeah, is that? Yeah, but no, there's always a dish. Is it the turkey, the stuffing? What, all right, what all right. is it? Look, I'm Mexican. And when we have our Thanksgivings all the way in uh, Las Cruces, we always have red chili meat. Oh, you need to get some of that. I, in fact, I'll try and get some eventually to you because you're going to love it. It's a little spicy, but it's phenomenal. It's the only thing that I love. That and tamales. All right. Now, bus ride back. What are you, what are you doing? Sleeping? Are we watching stuff on Netflix? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, uh, here's the deal. Because we won, I had a plane ticket already booked. So, again, I trust the team to do their jobs. But I'm going to sleep. Then I got a car appointment. And then I got my flight leaving at 6, 6 p.m. at night. But the car appointment's at 7. So... 7 a.m. So we are going to get as much sleep as we can and then get rolling and on, pack. On to the next one. More bowl prep let's and go. then on to the bowl. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us. As well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by The Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. All right, joining me right now is Sarah Van Meter, EMU legend. Can, is it safe to say that or no? Sure. We'll go with it. It's been long enough that I'll take the, the, the legend status. 770 career rebounds, fourth in school history, the only academic All-American in program history. Yeah, I have to say, honestly, that was the accomplishment of, of I would say, my career. That was a really cool thing. I, I really thank Greg for for nominating me for that. And, you know, and now knowing what goes into to those nominations and, and all that stuff, he clearly did a great job uh, of, of selling me and my, my accolades and all that. So I'm really grateful to him for that. Greg Steiner's a rock star. I think we can all agree. Oh, I mean, I've known Greg now. It's crazy. 20 years. I started at Eastern in 2003, so it's 20 years ago. So I've known him for that long. I I, I owe so much of my career, both on, uh, both my actual career right now and my playing career, um, to him. 
We'll talk about your professional career in just a second. Your basketball career. Eastern Michigan has won here once mm-hmm. in basketball. You were on that team. You know, it's funny. I was looking um, today at my notes and I was like, there's one. I was like, when was that? And I looked, it was like, oh, four. I'm like, oh yeah, that was my team. Yeah, that was that was a really fun um, thing for us uh, when, when we won that game. I still remember bits and pieces of it, uh, but that was pretty cool. And then, you know, the teams didn't play each other for a long time after that. So um, those are great memories for me. Probably because because of that, once you beat them, they really don't want you to come back. No, and I think that the next time that the two teams played was in the postseason WNIT, so it wasn't even a game that uh, both teams wanted on the schedule. It just kind of happened that way. Sir, I always like to ask athletes that go to Eastern Michigan, too. There's usually that pivotal moment or something that happened. You're like, yeah, this is home. This is where I want to be. What was that for you? I just remember going on my visit, and it's it's so – this is funny that we're talking about this because I was just out at Eagle Crest about a month ago. Um, one of our former assistants is now the head coach of Marquette. We were playing them in our secret scrimmage that we were doing, so we went out and, and had some drinks out there. And I was just flooded with memories from being on my visit there. And it was really funny, too, because the the – bartender knew Susie and was talking about Susie, talking about Susie. So I texted Susie um, right after that and she she got right back to me. So I, I just, I loved the, the feeling I had on my visit. I wanted to commit on my visit, but my mom made me take one more just so I could see what, what other places have. But I think it was just, it was that coaching staff. It was just, it's hard to even just to describe it. And I remember when I got when I got there the following year, it just, everything felt so right. I mean, obviously it's, it's tough as a freshman adjusting to everything, but it was, I, I loved my teammates. I loved my coaching staff. It was, it was just a, a great experience for me. I got to know, where was the one more visit? I went to Evansville, which is funny because it, that's Trisha Cullop, who I absolutely adore and love. Um, if she'd been at Toledo, that probably might've been my, my pick. I'm not sure. Evansville just wasn't, it, the fit really wasn't there for me. I love Trisha. We keep in touch. I actually just saw her over the summer and we were talking, um, about that and the recruitment process and everything, but that was my other visit. Um, and then I, I, when Eastern, when Shane and Susie um, came on my home visit, I committed. Uh, it, was the, it was the end of September. They came to a volleyball, my high school volleyball match, and, and then I just knew I wanted to do it. And I was just like, I'm coming. It was a lot of fun. Now you've moved into your professional career. As you and I talk, we're sitting court right, courtside right now at the Chrysler Center. Uh, you, you're in sports information. Yeah. What led you to want to do that? Yeah, um, I got really lucky. Um, um, 20, 25, 20 years ago, whenever it was, our um, faculty athletic rep at the time, Howard Bunces, he he hooked me up with, with Streets and Greg, and I started kind of working in the office like when I could. From the time I was a little kid, I wanted to host the Today Show. Um, so like that obviously didn't happen. I did too. Yeah, that, that was like my my end career goal. But, um, you know, I started doing that and it, it combines two things that I really enjoy, sports and, and writing and then communications, like kind of all that stuff. It's so crazy though, thinking about how I started doing this, you know, a long time ago and how much the profession has changed like throughout, you know, social media wasn't a thing 20 years ago. So it's like, those are all these different things that have changed and evolved. But I was really grateful to have two great mentors in in Streets and Greg, um, and then just kind of fell in love with it. You know, I I did the two years of grad school there, working with them, learning from them. And then I was able to get an internship here and then get hired full-time the following summer. And and this is where I've been. I mean, Washtenaw County is my home. I've lived here for 20 years. It's more than half of my life at this point in time. It's funny when she mentioned Streets, she's talking about Jim Streeter, another legend in the SID department at Eastern Michigan. The nice thing about Eastern Michigan, and especially at the MAC level, Mm -hmm. they're the best of the best at what they do. It's a great learning ground to learn how to do it the right way and what you're doing now here at Michigan. Yeah, 100%. You know, I there's so many things that I, I have in my toolbox, if you will, um, that I learned from those two and learned from being there. And, you know, there's only four of us, 
for for my first year in grad school and then we hired another grad assistant and then there was five of us but I mean you're talking about covering a lot of really good sports at a high level I mean I had swimming and diving they, they won MAC championships all the time I covered soccer with, with Scott Hall who I love and you know I, I you know he just announced his retirement and I, I think back to you know I went straight from playing to being his SID and he like rolled with it he let me learn you know I had a lot of feelings um, when I saw that that he had announced his retirement but it it's it's the staff, it's the coaches, it's everyone at Eastern that they, they allow you to, to work through things and, and get better and become the best version of yourself. What I love, Sarah, is they have a board in their office too, where they have the names of everybody that has worked there and moved on in their professional career. You're on that board, a lot of lists on that name. It's nice to see that celebrated because what you guys do is so hard and Nobody outside of the business, I think, understands how difficult your job is. Yeah, I mean, it, this job is in it. The more and more that comes with it, the more and more you have to do. Uh, but I lean so much on what I learned during those two years. And it was even more than two years because I, I was in the office a little bit helping with like the like football bios for the media guide when I was still a student. Um, but they just per- they they prepare you for what this profession is. As I walked into the arena, too, I go, have you seen Sarah Van Meter around? Yeah, she's on the court shooting hoops. Still a lot of player left in you, isn't there? Yeah, I was just getting a few shots up. I don't really play that much anymore. I've broken my foot twice in the last five years, and, and I've made the decision to stop like playing. We, we were playing pickup a lot, but every time I do it, it starts to bother me again. I still I still love the game. I, I still love being being part of it, being around it. That's what I love about about Kim here so much is that she lets everyone be part of this program. I've been, been so fortunate to work with her for her entire 12 years that she's been here, but I love just being around the game, even if I'm not playing as much. I was, I mean, let's be real. The three point line is really far away now. I like it is, it is crazy to me how far away that line is. And rebounding was your jam. I did, you know, rebounding was, I, I enjoyed rebounding. You know, I think it's and it's so funny to hear like hear Kim talk about it to to her freshmen and and all these students like rebounding will get you on the floor. And like that was my thing. You know, my freshman year, I was like, how can I make an impact? You know, I came off the bench um, for the majority of the year. I started a few games, but I knew if I was going to get in there, rebound, run the lane, run hard and then just, you know, take some open threes. I mean, threes and layups. That's it. I had absolutely no mid range game to speak of. I I joked that I was the Houston Rockets, you know, before the Houston Rockets (laughs) were a thing. You don't need a mid range game, just threes and layups. So. Knowing your role is very underrated at all levels of athletics. Oh, 100%. Like, that was, I loved it. I played with Ryan Coleman and with Nikki Knapp. I was always option three. Loved it. I was I was great with that. I mean, then I had a, a pretty solid career out of it. Final question for you. You said you broke your foot twice in recent years. Cool stories, or was it like I missed the last step on the stairway carrying laundry or something weird? Uh, no, um, they were both stress fractures. So um, the first one, it had bothered me for a long, long, long time, and I let it get too... It, it was pretty bad. So then I was non-weight bearing. So I was on a scooter for like three months. And then this, this past time it was bothering me. So I kind of shut it down a little bit earlier. And then it was just, was just in a boot for a couple months. Nothing great. Just just overuse and probably like bad anatomy. Well, it's been wonderful. Last time I saw you was at a Euchre tournament at a VFW hall. So I'm glad we got a chance to connect again. Oh, definitely. In, in a more professional setting, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Are you a good Euchre player? I love Euchre. It is one of my favorite things. I, I think that knowing your partner is, is a huge thing with that as well. So, yeah. It's been wonderful talking. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Powered by Learfield. 
Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.